Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Scurry in the Scrub. This is episode 12. We got no guests and no ideas for you today, so we're just going to we're just gonna spit fire and see if it works. Um, my my guy, Jordan Scurry, uh, with me as always. Um, yeah, Jordan, how's your week been going, man? Like, was, First of all, I want you to tell this story like on record because I'm just laughing about it. I'm only laughing about it because it's never happened to me. And I don't see how it could happen to me, especially with technology these days. Like it's just, there's just too many reasons for you not to be that unaware of the situation, but not only did you run out of gas yesterday on the way home from work, but, but, but you said it's like a frequent, relatively frequent occurrence. Like it's happened before and you said it'll happen again, which means you like are just not like, there's almost, that's almost like a you problem, not a car problem. Essentially is what I'm saying. Yeah. It is a me problem. Okay. It is a me problem. And this is why I give the folks, give the folks the, like the lay of the land in terms of what it's like to run out of, run out of gas in Boston traffic for God's sake. Well, I'll just start with, I'm an idiot. And that's just the, the, that's how we have to start these things because I'm an idiot. And I guess you could say, I'm just, I, I, I said yesterday, I'm just cheap. And like, I was, so I'm, I go to and from work, which is just like a mile down the street. And so like, I usually don't look at the gas tank ever and I'm like, think that that's going to be what I have to fight during the day. Uh, but, you know, after going to work the past three days up to yesterday uh, on E, uh, to and from, because I didn't really go anywhere else. It was nice out, so I got to just walk around. But I uh, ended up losing gas and uh, getting stuck right on the turn. I was at the light, and this is how I know, <laughs> okay? I drive a 2010 Chevy Malibu. My mom has a Mercedes. You know the Mercedes when you pull up to the light and, or like any of the newer cars, like when you pull up to the light and the like ignition shuts off like so the car's burning less gas and it's just quiet so my car doesn't do that like when it gets to the light it still rattles and it's really old and it's really loud and the engine's loud so yeah i drive a 2011 so i don't have any yeah i'm with you on that one yeah yep yep and so i got to the light but then the engine shut off and i was like wait a minute this isn't my mom's car (laughs) and so i got out and i was like oh we're gonna have to fight this one today but luckily, I just called my brother, and he uh, came. He brought some. We had gas just for like the snowblower and the lawnmower in the garage, just laying around. So he brought me that, filled up right at the light as everyone drove by me and flipped me off, and was pissed. And it's hard too, right? Because now with masks on, like I couldn't tell if they were trying to help me when they rolled down their window or they were just yelling at me. <laughs> and so I stood out there for, I was out there for a good fifteen minutes until my brother shows up, and then. I finally got it to a gas station, put some gas in, and it was a smooth little operation. But yeah, it was, it's not the first time. My brother actually, when he pulled up, he was like, well, at least you're not on a bridge this time because the first time was back in high school and we were going to the Cape during the summer. And I just had, again, I just don't, I, it's a flaw of mine that I just don't look at the gas, the gas meter ever. Like, I just think, if the car turns on, I'm good to go. I'm, I'm an idiot. Like I started with. And so the first time this happened to me, I almost got on the Bourne bridge to go to Cape Cod. And I was literally at a Dunkin' Donuts right before or whatever. It's either Dunkin' Donuts or IHOP. I was in shock. And I was just so happy that the car didn't stall on the bridge that I don't really know where I was. 
but yeah, I, uh, I've lost gas before I ran out of gas before I ran out yesterday and I'm probably going to run out again in the future. So. I appreciate, I appreciate that. You're just, uh, kind of leaning into it a little bit. You're not, <clears throat> you're not full. It you're, you're just like, you know what I do. This is just something that happens to me and it's going to happen. Like it's kind of a package deal. Like, hi, I'm Jordan Scurry and I, and I run out of gas a lot. Like, wait, what? That's what you, yeah, that's me. That's who I am. I think I just I like to I like to push my limits. I think that's what it is with this gas thing. I don't know why, but and it's just like another day you don't have to put the twenty in the gas tank. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm done. It, there's no real logic behind why I think the way I do about like this gas meter and not caring. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. Like I wanted to say I was like, oh, it's because I'm cheap. It's because, but it's not even that. Because it's like I spent. $10 on lunch right before. So I don't know why I was so hesitant. Oh, so you were, you went and you went and used gas money on like food. Like that's what you were doing while you were out of the moment. Like you were, no, I actually just spent no, something. I, no, no, no. Good. I'm glad you asked this part. I actually went home on my lunch break to eat lunch at home because I was trying not to spend money so I could spend that money. I would have spent on gas, but then I just, I he literally was, was on the used, way. I was on the like gas. I was on the I was on the way to get gas, and then it was like, no, you're not. I'm pretty sure that's why they put like food in gas stations now, so people can have that. Mm-hmm. Look, I need mm-hmm. something to eat. Oh, I need gas too. I better just like let's just make a trip of it. You know what I mean? And they, should, yeah. they call it quick trip, right? Is that what they call it? Yep. yep. For a reason. I mean, out in, in the you guys have do you guys have Casey's? Do you guys have Casey's General Stores? And oh, oh, we got Cumberland got, Farms. What's there? Do you guys have good pizza there? Oh yeah. Cumberland really? Farms hooks it up. Cumberland Farms is like tier. It, it's nothing like in Nebraska. Nebraska, you can get everything you need at a gas station. Like right. at least out here, like Cumberland Farms are sometimes they'll have like the like coffee shop and food and stuff like that in the Cumberland Farms, but there's no quick trips either. It's, it's tragic. I miss quick trips. So <laughs> it's tragic. So we need to go, we need to like do a comparison then. Um, the next time we're, when we get all vaccinated and we get together, in mm-hmm. person you need to bring like some cumberland farms pizza and i'll bring some casey's pizza and we'll just like do a taste test and we'll casey's see casey's is better casey's is oh better. you're already okay cool i i you know i didn't want to brag i didn't want to like put it out there that much know. but okay okay cool yeah so no, it, it is midwestern like i will just say midwestern just the gas stations in the gas station experience in general is just better don't they do well, like yo, in the northeast everyone's on everyone's out here in Boston, they just want to get in, get out quick, and they're rude. Like in the in and in, they're rude. <laughs> yeah, because like it's the, like that's yo, like the, me, the give, defining give me, characteristic of Boston is rudeness. Well, they're yeah. like, give me my coffee. I gotta go to work. I gotta give yeah. me my like. I gotta go, yeah. and it's like, okay, all right. Like, there's no small talk, nothing. In Nebraska, you can go buy a pack of Skittles, and the dude will have a thirty minute conversation with you, like about nothing. Nigga Scott Tom, it's just that, different we, experience. We have, we have too much time. It's like you know, the, there's. The only place I can even like compare to like Casey's or a typical Midwest like highway gas station, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was in North Carolina when the volleyball team was there in Chapel Hill, mm-hmm. uh, like 2015, I think. So I was t- mm-hmm. my brother actually lived in North Carolina, so I just like I just skipped the hotel process and flew right to uh, like bunk at his crib essentially, and um so he's like dude you gotta check out this gas station i think it's called like sheets like so it's uh, i think it's uh s-c-h-e-e-t-z 
um he's like i got a sheets card or whatever and i was like what's that and he's like just take this go to the gas station like and just get get go wild with it essentially because like and I, I didn't know what, what i didn't know what to do with those types of instructions i'm like go wild with it what are you talking about like what do they have that's good he's like dude i can't really explain it to you it's just because you can mix and match so many things like you can get wild and they'll make it essentially so think okay. about like the stupidest shit you try to make like on a Sunday afternoon when you're just bored and don't feel like cooking and you feel like messing with the microwave, they'll make that for you. I'm like, all right. So have you ever been to Wawa? No, I hear, I hear about Wawa all the time though, too. No, so, I haven't been there. So Wawa is like the gold standard of quick trip kind of shops, like gas okay. station foods, shops like that. I went to Wawa a lot playing AAU, right? Because when in this area, we go them main areas for AAU, like when you're traveling, it's like Philly, Connecticut, Jersey, like that's where all those spring jam fests and all that are out here. And so, you know, we expressions with Z, Marcus, we would pile up in the van and we go. And so a lot of the times we ended up stopping at the Wawa's on the way and stuff. Cause when you see like a place that people talk about and like it's on the way and it's especially there and you're not gonna have it for a while unless you go back. We're always like, yo, we gotta hit Wawa. Wawa is just so great because like the like everything it's just one it's so easy to like get everything you want like and actually create a whole meal two it's affordable and then three they're open 24 hours like all 24 hours awesome. oh, that's it's a game changer and you can order and you can order like real sandwiches so it's not like just you go in a gas station it's like a pre-made something it's like you go to like now they have like kiosks where you go and you can do it like on a tablet and it's like done for you in minutes and so wawa is like the gold standard they have all the best snacks because it'll have like, wawa has like the healthy stuff and it, but it'll still have like your doritos and your classic gas station stuff so yeah wawa is is still i think the top but you bring up a good point because i want to know so they, do you have, do you have wawa in boston is like is that just like the east no, coast no no Where the closest it? one to here is like philly oh really? okay. somewhere in connecticut yeah i hear the philly people talk about philly. all the time yeah mm -hmm. okay yeah. We got, I want to know now, this brings up a good point. I want to know like what all the classic, like with the per region, right? Cause like in the South, it's like Sheets and Publix has even some like that, to, like get well, Publix grocery store, but like, you know what I mean? Like whatever their uh, gas stations are like for South, Northeast, Midwest, West. I, I'm, I'm curious now. That's a good question. I mean, like, so the two that come to mind for me are Bucky's and, and Casey's. Mm -hmm. um but obviously quick trip we have quick trip too uh yeah that's that's interesting i don't know like because i've only i've movie. only really been like east you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. so i'm from the midwest but i had a lot of family um you know eastward so mm -hmm. that's my that's that's like the base of my i think the furthest south i've been is like charlotte when you guys were there for the tourney yeah that's like the furthest south I've been, I think. So yeah, no, we're we'll, we'll get not, into this. Yeah. We'll use our resources. We'll start because we know some. Obviously, with Antoine Denzel, Florida. So we'll get yep. their input. We'll get. We know obviously Maurice is out in Philly. We'll get his Wawa input. We can get some California guys. We can hit up like Cole Huff. We can see what the, what the deal is out there. I know. I mean, now we know Midwest and North. We'll we'll figure it out. Wait, does we'll te te Texas you. count as South? Right? Does Texas count as South? Texas? No, Texas counts as Texas. 
Yeah, that's what and I was going to say. Didn't know, you didn't know about this? Oh, come on. They, I wasn't. Well, I don't know what that means. I mean, it is like obviously if you we're, just put a compass on the map, it is on the just, like. And even look at in, in recent, in recent, recent, in recent. Recent. <laughs> he goes, recent. Oh, he didn't. You did not just combine those two words. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, okay. I can't we're get gonna, these airbags to stay in my yeah, ears. I'm we're, saying we're recent. We're deleting this and starting over. What did you just say? <laughs> he said, oh, he said in recent times. In, in recent, recent times, times, Texas was. Oh, my God. In uh, recent times, Texas. Jeez. Dude, dude I am like, I hope we don't keep we're repeating that, that, that word. It's crazy. You said recent. Um, yeah, so I guess I've been to Texas. Like I, when you guys, When the team was there in San Antonio. And the thing that I love about Texas is Whataburger. That was the first time I ever had Whataburger. I've never had it. Yeah, Whataburger and In-N-Out Burger they have it te- in Texas. And so that's like the big – those are like the big burger chain like fights mm-hmm. in terms of like, I guess, um, mm-hmm. pop culture goes. Like everybody says yeah. In-N-Out is like the Cali style stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's like Sonic style where you can like, you know, Cali-o-ray. I don't know. It just feels like it has a different type of vibe to it. And – uh but it's horrible. I don't. It wasn't even good. They put like salad dressing on your on the burger. It's like yeah, that's disgusting. Highly overrated, man. Yeah. Um, what a burger though. Like <laughs> we were out every night on the Riverwalk in San Antonio and just like you know getting alcohol poisoning essentially. Like what a burger was the like cathedral of the end of the night. Like we went there and like saved our lives. Just but yeah, Marcus raves about it. Marcus Foster raves about well, yeah. It's like his favorite. He said, and like I, I saw him actually recently, even like just tweet about something. He was like, my first meal from whenever, whenever I come home from overseas is always Whataburger, and I've never had it. <laughs> oh, I you never had it? Oh, dude, I, yeah. Maybe it's... I have the. I, I can maybe I had on like an AAU trip in back in Texas, back in like high school, but I, I can't even remember. That was too far out for me to even remember like that i wasn't even into food like i am now though, right so. no i thought i've no, I, I had one, san antonio was was 20 was seven years ago and i i have not stopped thinking yeah. about what a burger since and i haven't had it since oh, i went with the i went to... with the uh i went i i hitched a ride with this is how like you have to do things when you're a cheap organization and like trying to cut uh funding um mm-hmm. i hitched a ride with um like the pet band down to Austin when the volleyball team made the elite eight. <laughs> so, that. so I'm riding. So I'm all I'm talking to is like the, the, the marketing guy, like was, his name was Colin back then. He, um, I think he's at KU now. Um, so I was just like, we, we, we were, we were on this bus and we were driving and I knew we were in Texas. So I'm like, Oh man, we got to hit up Whataburger because I haven't had this in like three or four years. And it literally, Nebraska doesn't have it. I don't go anywhere where it exists. Like this is the only place I've been to that has it, and it's it was unforgettable. So we gotta we gotta hit it up. We went to In and Out the first night, and they're like, "Just try this one. It's really good. Like you'll you'll it's better than Whataburger." And I was like, "All right, fine. Let, I'll try it. But if it's not better than Whataburger, we have to go to Whataburger." And they're like, "Okay, deal." And it was gr- It wasn't good. It was like what? No. It, it wasn't good. No. Like I'm serious, no, like this. It's like salad. They say it's like all oh, the sauce is amazing. It's salad mm-hmm. dressing. It's Thousand it's Island is, salad it is. dressing on. It's Thousand Island. Island. Yeah, it's, it's gross. not good. The fries are the fries are bad. Yeah, it's only ever it's only ever fun like the first. I think it was fun for me the first time I had it, just because the experience, and then like the hype wears off because you're like, wait, this isn't actually that good. 
I don't know. I like so, the secret. The, so whatever. I, 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 I it hated was... it. I hated it. And I was like, all right. So Whataburger's back on the table now, right? They're like, yeah, deal. We're heading home now. Tournament's over or uh, Elite Eight's over. Um, driving home, it's like, you know, it's probably 11, 12. It's midnight-ish, you know? So we have we haven't no one's had dinner yet, so we are gonna stop somewhere and and get some food for the road essentially. Um, and I see a Whataburger like right out my window. It's like to the left. It's not. I don't. Maybe it's not on our path home, but it's there. It's like, you know, take one exit, hit it up, pop back on. We're good. I I tap him like, hey yo, Whataburger, let's no, go. There there it is right there. And he's like. Man, we can. We're, I don't think we're gonna stop right now. I'm like, dude, you said we would get it, and now we're heading home. This is like the last one we're gonna see on the way. It's right out our window. It's like this. Take this exit, make a left. We're at what we're in Whataburger's parking lot, and he like gave me the he gave me the no go, and we ended up stopping at some little like I don't even know what the gas. It was like some no nothing gas station. That's foul. You know? What I mean? Yeah. I like all I did was like grab a grab a, like a, a like a bag of Funyuns or something or Chex Mix and that's what I ate on the way home from Texas. Oh, Waterburger to Funyuns. I, yeah, Waterburger to Funyuns. Look at the look at the drop off there. And then the only burger I had all weekend in that's, Texas was In and Out. Massively disappointing. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So not only did I put so Waterburger sorry. on the table for everybody, yeah. we chose In and Out instead. Got Waterburger as a compromise. And I was looking forward to it. And then we ditched it for some, like, you know, gas station snacks. And I'm like, good God, this is horrifying. So, yeah, I haven't had it. So, I haven't had it since 2014. And I'm like, and, I'm, and that's my, snacks, yeah, right. So, we got to hit up, that's, we got we to hit up yeah. Texas. We'll have to, we'll have to do a scurry in the scrub. We'll have, we'll, we'll, we'll get a, we'll get a promo from them. We'll have to do a scurry in the scrub, Whataburger testing. It'll, it'll be good. For sure. Yeah, we have a yeah. whole episode where we just try everything on the menu, every different burger, and then review them on here. We can do That's that. the thing. I only had the, I only <laughs> had the some people, yeah. me and call some people at Whataburger. <laughs> I only had the burger, but people swear by like the honey chicken biscuits or whatever. People are like, "Oh, you gotta try that." So I've, I haven't. Yeah, had you chance. said you said honey and biscuit in my mind just is. Yeah, like what um, they have yeah, that stuff. Let's yeah. go get that. Let's a go burger, get that. A burger. A burger joint has that. Like yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So yeah, um, well it's Big East tournament week. You fired up? Uh, do you watch the women's tournament yeah, at all? Did you watch the, any of that? Uh, Paige, Paige I saw and some of it. I, Tammy and I Ireland. saw some. I saw some of the highlights. I saw some of the buckets, but I, I didn't follow. Dude, along, man, Paige long. is gonna be. Talk to me, yeah. <laughs> Paige is Paige is nuts, dude. Yeah. She's so she plays like a pro, man. Like all the cutting what? and her feel mm. it's like mm-hmm. she's freaking 18 19 years old that's just stupid mm. like i think the women's game Where's is growing from? super fast she's from minnesota she's minnesota. from yeah minnesota yeah and then so she's already like the best player in the country as a freshman yeah and next year they have like a stupid class and az fud like az fud and, and page backers are phenoms like they're prodigies and they're gonna play on the same team for at least two years in college like, I don't know if people realize this, but like the Stephen Clay, like the the Splash Brothers show, all that kind of stuff, that's coming to a college basketball arena mm-hmm. near you next year. Like, 
They're that good. A big East Arena near you. A big East. Yeah, they're coming to DJ Soulful yeah, Arena near you. Yeah, yeah, I know. How yeah. fired up are you that you get to watch that for the next two years? Well, God, I'm just waiting for my shots, man. I hope it's like in. Yeah. I swear. Watch that. I'm going to get these like vaccinations and then they'll wear off by the time Paige and them come and then I'll have to get another one. Like, I'm just like, of course. Of course. That's a good. When are you playing? Do you, do you have plans on. Getting uh, well, Nebraska sucks at life. So everything I think yep. they're in, I think they're in like the 56 and up age range right now is what they're at right now. So yeah. Or no, no, no. Maybe they're older than that. 66, 65 and up or something like that. Cause my mom hasn't reached her bracket yet and she's 60. Okay. So okay. yeah. 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 You know, slow I'm as hoping. we, slow as we go in Nebraska here. Yeah. Y'all got that. I'm hoping by the end of the I can start, I can start talking to somebody to set up an appointment. Seriously. Oh, you're about there, yeah. huh? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've actually just even, uh, some of the people I work with now, like, um, have signed up to get theirs at the end of the month. So I'm hoping to uh, like reached out to my doctor and all that just to be like, what am I supposed to be doing to make sure I can, uh, you know, get life moving again. So nice. we'll see. All right, bro. Well, yeah, if, if like you uh, get vaccinated, we'll have to like turn you into a official podcast correspondent and just send you all over the exactly. place. You know what I mean? Exactly. Just like That's go hit up, hope. go hit up actual sporting events like the NCAA tournament and stuff. Mm-hmm. And be like, all right, mm-hmm. scurry in the scrub on location because we got a vaccinated mm-hmm. host, so we're good to go. Exactly. <laughs> get that exactly. thing in. But yeah, yeah no, the sure. the I mean, Creighton made a crazy run. Honestly, that's what like Flan does. They like take these teams, mm-hmm. like they'll go in and uh I mean they came out of the play in round in twenty sixteen. Yeah. Twenty sixteen in Chicago, they came out of the play in round, made it all the way to the finals. Mm-hmm. So like that's four games in four days. Like that was crazy. Uh, so and yeah. today was another like this weekend was another one. Like Tammy Sarda, she had twenty six. 26 the first day, 29 the second. It's like – I was about to say, I was like 29 of them things mm-hmm. the second night. That was – Yeah. Just serving out buckets. Serving That was out. what I did see. That yeah. Was what I did see. Like, so – and I looked it up. I spent, I was up to like 2 in the morning looking it up last night because the Biggies has like a huge record book and they have all their box scores. Um, so, I was just combing through them and I was like, she averaged 23 over a three-day stretch. And I'm like, I wonder like – they've had some really awesome players and like Maya Moore, Diana Taurasi, like yeah, super yeah. like – Rebecca Lobo, so many, so many Skylar Diggins, like so many buckets like that have played in this tournament. I'm just like, I wonder where this stacks up. And I'm going through it. And it's like, oh my God. I kept crossing off years. And I got back to like I didn't Angel McCautry, who's playing with uh the Las Vegas Aces right now, um, like five time WMA All-Star or whatever, uh was the last one to average. 23 or more over a three-day stretch. And then before that, it was Cappy Pondexter. So in the last 25 years, only three players have done it. Temi and then two, like, surefire Hall of Famers, essentially. Man, it's like, shout out so Temi. Shout I out know. Temi. That's, that's big time. Like, I knew that's she was balling time. out, but it was different. Like, yeah. She went to but a that's, different that's, level. That's crazy company. That, is, that mm-hmm. is crazy company. Good for her, man. Yeah, I know. That's awesome. Yeah, especially for her, like, because she has decided it's going to be it. You know what I mean? Like, she doesn't – she's not going to come yeah. back next year and take that free year. Like, yeah. she's – got yeah. plans for her life that she's ready to, to embark on. Like, so there was a, you know, they do have a, a chance to make the NIT this year. And it sounds like if they got it, they would play in it. So she might not be done, done, but mm-hmm. they went into this weekend thinking this was it. And she played like it, there was no tomorrow for her. And I love mm-hmm. when players do that. Cause it's like, 
Yeah. They recognize the moment and they don't let it like consume them in terms of negative energy. They just go all out and they show you their whole, like the, they put the full bag on display and they like, they just put it all out there. Essentially. She didn't like come off the court ever. Hardly. I think she sat wow. like two or three minutes all weekend, three games. Like she played 40 and went nuts. It's a good point. Just because like for someone who had made, cause obviously she had to have made this decision in her head before, like we're saying now, like, knowing she was going to be done for her to like be in that moment and just really even thinking, you know what, like, if this is it, I'm going to go kill. Like that, that's, that's awesome. Like I wish I could have gone out like that. That's like the best way to kind of go out. And that's just, I don't know, just like really notice like living in a moment is kind of hard and to take advantage of it is even harder. So credit to her, man. That's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. It's just like, you see someone who's just like gets in that mindset of like, I'm going to shoot first and ask questions later. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't have it tomorrow. So like, let's go, let's let's let it rip and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they, you know, I mean, I think, I think a lot of people are going to take away the performance of the freshmen, like Emma Ronsick, Morgan Malley, like they're the future mm-hmm. of the program and they had awesome tournaments. And then, yeah. um, you know, Diarca Pryor is a sophomore. She had a career mm-hmm. weekend. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot to look forward to for the future, but you know, that was like Temi's last stand essentially. And she went off and it's like, it's just cool to see that. So good on yeah. Temi. Yeah. She made all tournament team. So page one MLP, obviously. Yeah. And then Kristen Williams, Olivia Nelson Odoto got uh, represented UConn on the all tournament team. Uh, Lauren Van Clunen from Marquette, Maddie Segris, who's a bucket from Villanova and then Temi. That was it. So she went out, she went out. If that's her last go, if they don't get to the NIT, she went out, she went out good. And she and on senior on her last game, her last game in Omaha, she dropped twenty four on UConn, like going head to head with Paige. So in, she went. She put her best. She put year. her best foot on the last one. Yeah. And in such a tough year, just to see her have her success, because like again, being in such a weird year and it, knowing it's your last year, it's got to be difficult. So for her to find her stride, especially towards the end, got to give her credit. Sure, for sure. Um, yeah, so we got some all uh, all all Big East uh, love for the men's side too. Like their tournaments starting tomorrow, yes, um, with the play-in rounds and uh, what Marcus Egorowski was first team, uh, Damian Jefferson was second team. Shout out DJ, like breakout oh, year, um, and then Denzel Mahoney was honorable mention. Like coming out, so he like you know Denzel coming from SEMO, uh, Southeast Missouri State, goes sixth man of the year in his first year in the Big East, and honorable mention in his senior oh, year. Like that dude, he came to play at this level to kind of maybe not prove it to himself so much as prove it to like the world essentially, like the college basketball world. But mm-hmm. it's hard to argue with that with that what that man put up sixth man of the year and then honorable mm-hmm. mention. Like he did everything he you know came here to do, won a Big East title. He's got a Turney in front of him like Denzel Denzel yeah, Denzel like put his money where his mouth is essentially like he he did he he put himself in that spot and he performed yeah he worked but Denzel was just more so he just once he got the opportunity because you could see the work just from it I mean I was there obviously his whole redshirt year just the work he put in and just his game and the way he had always played like I just remember back to his redshirt year playing in like the scrimmages that we have at the beginning of every year where it's like you know scout guys plus red shirts versus what is presumed to be the starters he would always like just make all the right plays and I remember one time he really went off and in like tons of scrimmages he 
would just always like defer, but like one time he really went off and it just made you realize, like I saw, I just saw it then that I was Is this like, the, no, sorry to interrupt. Is this the one where he hit like, like 10 threes or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't at this practice, but John Niatawa from the Omaha world Herald, he oh, hit me. Here he goes, man. he goes, dude, Denzel. Oh my God. He like didn't even get words out. And like, he's a writer yeah. for a living. He's like, dude, Denzel. And I'm like, what? And he's like, dude, like, did he get, did, yeah. I was like, did he get hurt? What happened? He's like, no, he went off. Is it? He and is I was it. Like, he is <laughs> it. I, I just knew early on, man, because especially like I'm saying, obviously I was scout. And so since it was his red shirt, we had played a lot together at the beginning. And it's like the way he played, you could just tell there's some guys who you're just like, these dudes are just fun to play with whether they're on or off, but they're really fun to play with when they're on. And he was that dude who was like, oh, no, when he was on, it was like, oh, yeah, this is this is a different caliber of dude. Because when he's hitting like that and then he can get to the basket, it's really start. And then he starts hitting mid-range pull-ups. It's like, what do you do? And so for him to just be able to now show it, I'm just so happy he's getting the recognition he deserves because he put a lot of work in and he bet on himself, so. Just like DJ, a lot of all, all these guys, man. So put the work in, bet on yourself, and then double down. So that's kind of what I'm saying. Like Creighton put together a roster of dudes who had chips on their shoulders, right? Mm-hmm. All of them. Mm-hmm. If you if you just isolate each one, they all kind of have a story of mm-hmm. of where they were slighted in some degree. Like you know, Denzel coming from a mid major, DJ being lightly recruited out of the Chicago yeah. area, like Marcus being lightly recruited out of the East Coast, like, mm-hmm. and then you bring all those dudes together. And they just have like a uh, like a burning like desire no, within true. them to just like take no prisoners. Essentially, they play that because you know what happens. Because you know what happens is when you get a bunch of these guys together, they like they enhance each other's like chip on your shoulder. If you like, if you get what I'm saying, where it's like you don't think they all sit down one day and we all we all we all don't sit down and talk about like, man, that dude was recruited over me at some school. This dude was, and we're like, man, all these dudes that were, let's go, let's go beat up on them and show them why, like, we should have been recruited over these, why we should have been gotten that recognition, like all of it. So you put that together and let that (laughs) all add up to one, I guess, team chip on the shoulder. You're going to get good results. Yeah, it shows, right? So speaking of chips on their shoulders, like, I don't know what went into this. I mean, honestly, I'm getting kind of tired of seeing this like every year, but like they just got to figure out like a media contingent or a player segment of voting that like offsets this coaching stuff because I'm starting to wonder if coaches actually watch film of anyone but their own team to try to like, I don't know how, like I know Creighton watches film, but I don't know how many people across Mm -hmm. the league watch like other people's players. How are Marcus Zagorowski and Colin Gillespie not unanimous first team all selection Big East players? Like how? Who has them out of their top? What is it? It's six spots, right? So who has them out of their top six in the league? Who's better than them? But Mamu Kelishvili and Jeremiah Robinson Earl are the only unanimous guys, which I don't think I'm not like bagging on them for being unanimous, but I'm like, how is it? How are Marcus and Colin not? That's crazy, right? I don't know, because, like, in the one thing I did consider when I saw that, <laughs> which just doesn't make sense to your point now, but I was like, are they just, like, rewarding guys who are, like, been with their programs for longer or whatever? But I'm like, wait, nope, Colin and Marcus both yeah. never been anywhere else, never 
anything. So I'm, that one took me a little bit to even get through. I, I, I still don't. They're the straws that it. stir the drink for the best teams in the league. They're like, yeah. it's Creighton. No, yeah. and, I, and I love, we can get into this in a second too. Um, but Creighton and Villanova are the top two teams in the league. And then there's a gap, right? There's, I mean, UConn's coming on, but they, they stay, that's 4 0 right there. UConn gotten, didn't beat either of those teams. They don't belong in that, in that, in that tier. If you're 0 and 4 against the group, you don't belong in that tier when that tier is 1 and 1 against each other, right? Like UConn, Creighton and Villanova split with each other and swept UConn. There's a gap there. That's a, that's putting a gap there. That's like on-court results speak for themselves. And they played him with Book Knight, so I don't want to hear that. Like Book Knight dropped 40, and Creighton still beat him at their place. So, no. I'm trying to think how I'm, – I'm, I'm really trying to wrap my head around how Marcus isn't, wasn't unanimous or Colin even. I just – I don't know. I guess they, I guess for the both of them, it could have come down to like we've been hashing on all year where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Marcus was, it was injured for a little bit at the beginning of the year. I'm like – Colin now too, I guess, with his injury. I, I, but I don't think injuries should play a factor in this decision right now. You know, I mean, first team. If, all, if injuries, let's, okay. So let me entertain that then. If you're right, which wouldn't be the worst justification in the world for it, I could get behind that. If you're right, though, Book Knight is first team, not unanimous, Bingo. but he's first team. So Book Knight's first team, and he missed like eighty percent of how many games did he miss for them? Uh, of their conference games that they played, like at least fifty percent, right? Say, yeah, I want to. Yeah, yeah. Let's just go with that. Okay, so if book, so like the, you got to move it down now. So like if book night is first team, despite missing games, the injury excuse doesn't work for for Marcus and Colin not being unanimous. That's what I'm saying. So like, yeah, in a normal world, that would be a just a you know a justification for mm-hmm. it, but not now. Not when you have book night on the first team as well. Like he missed, yeah. he missed a crazy no, amount of games. It, it doesn't make any sense. I just don't get it. Cause because like, the other part of it is like, it's kind of like a spoiler alert. You know what I mean? Like, because the unanimous guys are the guys who are essentially going to be the player of the year contenders. Cause mm-hmm. you don't, you're not the way the coaches put it together. It's like, you basically list your players from best to worst, essentially in like a group of, mm-hmm. I don't know how many it's 10 or 15 or whatever it is. Um, so for, for Marcus and Colin not to be unanimous means they're outside the top six, I think. And if they're, not, if they're not unanimous, that means they're not going to get enough votes for player of the year. So, so basically the player lying. of the year – yeah, so the player of the year vote somebody's comes down to – to themselves. To themselves. Somebody's, right. Yeah. Somebody's <laughs> yeah. Not, even, not even on their little ballot or whatever. Mm-hmm. Somebody's lying to themselves. Or they have to be. A group of people, maybe. Look at even worse. Look at the way Villanova has played without Gillespie, and you're telling me he's not a unanimous first team selection. Like, ask yourself in your mind: Is Creighton a a second weekend type team or and a Big East title contender without Marcus Zagorowski? Ask yourself that, man. And if the answer is speak, no, then speak. then you know their impact. Like, it's craziness that we truth. keep doing this shit. Yeah. Like last year with Tyshawn, Defensive Player of the Year. Like, oh why are God, we just like, why are we just not acknowledging the obvious? Like, why are we so why'd afraid? Why'd you remind me? Because it's the pattern that I keep following. Jaylee Winters in volleyball. Jaylee Winters in volleyball, she was the best player in the damn league all four of her years on campus. I swear to you, I'm not lying. From the jump, you she was, me. Not- from the jump, she was like taken prisoner. She's like, I am the best. 
I have a killer instinct that no one else can match. Like the numbers reflect it. And she won one player of the year award in four years. She was a starter from the jump. That, they won titles like the every thing. year. That's like the, that's the like elite the, eight. Yeah. 316. In, her case, in her case, that's more of the LeBron effect where it's like, is it the, your great, your greatness just gets uh-huh. because your, your greatness is so consistent and so good. Like they just sometimes get bored with it. And they're like, oh, I guess we got to involve others, even though you are the best. And the funny part is too, like I've I've been told that her player of the year award that she won as a senior, it wasn't even like unanimous. Like she almost didn't even win it. Like it was close. And it's like, she what the like Yeah, that does come on. Come on. Like what are we doing here? What are we doing? Do we here? need to have a segment of come on, man, on Scurry in the Scrub? Oh, baby. We're just like take this. We might like, we, obviously we might need wrongs. it. We might yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just like and then so last year Ty doesn't get DPOY. He is not even a unanimous first teamer, despite being the best two-way player in the league. Like Marcus is second Easily. team. Marcus is second team all big east. Like, and now this year he's not even unanimous first team, but he's your preseason player of the year. He's the marked man every night, and he's still putting up numbers. Same with Gillespie, and he's not unanimous. Like, what are you what are we doing? Are these coaches like serious with this? Like what it I has mean, to have it are these coaches are these though. coaches serious? Like, is it what are you doing? That could be the name of the segment. Are these coaches are serious? These coaches, <laughs> dude, what's are the these justification? Are these coaches serious? Like Mamu and JRE are the only ones? That's it? Like, really? Oh, those like are the, the dudes. Already. Those I'm are the so dudes. Excited. Those are the dudes you sweat the most in this league. JRE and Mamu. That's it. Marcus just gave Butler 32. Like Easy thirty-two. Like was, he missed like, like two, he missed breathing. like two shots. Like it was breathing. Dude. Yeah, like it was took like six shots and scored thirty-two points. So like, wait, does Matthew even add up on that? I'm like, I don't know, but he didn't nope. do he he didn't sweat out there. He dropped thirty-two. Easy. Yeah, he was just jogging. He was getting his conditioning. He was. In. He was he like was, that was light. He was out there to talk to his guy, talk to some seniors, <laughs> just chill. I'm like, all right, man. light work, what thirty-two, think, easy thirty-two, and it's what like do your thing. It's like all right, I mean. And I'm not trying to disrespect Mamu or JRE. I think they're studs, but yeah. If you're telling me they're better than Marcus and Gillespie, you're crazy, right? You're crazy, crazy, crazy. But they're gonna yeah, be yeah. those are the dudes who are gonna battle for play. I mean, because the unanimous the unanimous selection means they have enough points for Player of the Year essentially. So one of them, no, I mean, one of them is the Player of the Year in the league. I'm like, I I can't live with that. What's great though is what it's gonna come down to is the Big East tournament. And Marcus is just going to ball out because he's got a year of last year of just he literally wasn't able to play and wasn't going to be able to play. And that's in his mind. And now being healthy for this point in the season, he's going to bring that chip on his shoulder into the garden. And I think we'll see who should have been unanimous. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious about, um, you know, we've talked to the guys like off and on about it, but. I don't know. Can you take uh, people inside that locker room at halftime against St. John's and what it felt like uh, knowing that you guys weren't going to have a chance to kind of chase that Big East tournament title? Like, cause I, I, am I wrong? Did you guys you guys won the league, but did you not go into New York feeling like you wanted to like put an emphasis on it? Like, yeah. there was the three way tie for the title. You guys kind of wanted mm-hmm. to make you guys. Did you guys want to put a stamp on it and say, "Yeah, we tied for it, but we're, we were the best team." Yeah, we made we made it a huge point to be like especially because at that point that, you know, all the same talk comes back around that it's just going to be a crate like Creighton's not, it's going to be the one of the years they get to the tournament and just lose in the first round again. Like they're, 
they'll, they're just going to be this and they're just going to be that. And we really wanted to, at that point, be like, you know what, we're get, we have to show, no matter if we win this or not, we just have to show in, in this tournament that we are for real and that we are for real come this tournament. And so that was just our whole mindset going in. So it did make it really tough, I think, when everything went down the way it did, just because we had put so much emphasis on like, where we have to prove this, like, to, like we, we got to go prove a whole nother um, thing wrong because winning the Big East isn't enough because now it's the tournament starts. So we're like, we just have to show people the Creighton they're going to get come the tournament. And so, yeah, you know, not getting to actually display that is tough. But I can remember Marcus's you know. face too. Like, I don't know um, if you had any yeah. talks with him like that whole week or whatever, but he obviously went and got the surgery and he knew he wasn't going to play. Um, yeah. You know, the, the outside status felt like was kind of up in the air, but he knew he wasn't going to play in, in New York or in the NCAA tournament. So I can remember when they were, when you guys were warming up for St. John's, um, like there was no smile on his face. Like he was not enjoying um, the, the time, if you will. He was just sitting on the bench kind of like, you know, he would check his phone every now and then, but he looked pretty depressed. You know what I mean? He looked pretty down. I think it was because, you know, he obviously knew what we didn't know was that he was he was done for the year, essentially. Um, so I wonder, like, do you think that's going to like that drives him? Do you think he thinks about that still like that? He didn't get that. Opp- I mean, I think his whole career is only played one, just, ba- one one game in New York. Right. The Xavier yeah. game. And that and as a freshman, he didn't play last year as a sophomore. And then this is his chance. Like, you know, and I know Michael won a title there with Syracuse, like. He cut down nets there. Like I have to imagine this is a goal for Marcus, right? Like to win the Big East tournament. It's funny you bring that up about um, Marcus last year, right? Because I actually just listened to uh, JJ Reddick podcast and they talked about how how us as athletes, and I always felt this way, even us as athletes, when we're injured, there's just this inherent guilt feeling, right? Like you just feel guilty. Like it's an injury and you can't control it, but you just feel like, and you're doing everything in your power, you're rehabbing. And, you know, Marcus, he rehabs like none other when he was injured. And he puts his focus into everything, like all that. And so there's just this feeling of guilt. And you could see it the most with him because he really carries the weight of the team. Like he really, and he always has. As a point guard, it's just kind of natural to do so. But he is always like, like we're out there. Nobody on the team at that point was thinking, about like Marcus's injury like that, where obviously we're locked into a game and he's still like there, like, and he feels guilty. He can't come out on the floor with us. And we're like, dude, you're injured. Like, it's like, we get it. Like you're, you're doing everything you can. Like, what, what could you have done to do this? And he still feels that it, it so this is like, it, it was tough for him. And I'm, I'm just glad he's healthy at this point this year. Cause I think he's going to have the opportunity now to go and get that out and finally be able to just compete in the way instead of having, feeling like he felt last year at the end of the season, you know? Yeah, I'm super curious to see what he does because mm-hmm. he's one of those guys, like we've talked about it a hundred times, he's got that different gear when the when the moment, um, like, demands something of those type of people. Like, he goes there, and I'm curious to see what what type of per- play, performance he puts up, like, and, and how the team plays in general because the other part of it is obviously uh, – uh, you know, Matt got reinstated after the one game um, suspension from Butler. So, you know, I, I don't know, man. I don't know how, how that's going to, 
how that's going to go if you put the cloud back over the team uh, like that or if they can just ignore it all and move on and focus Mm -hmm. on what they need to do because, you know, I I don't – I mean, I don't know – you know, we talked about it in the postgame of Villanova, but they clearly looked like not themselves, right, against Nova. So, like, how much of that is attributed to just the emotional um, toll of the last few days versus how much of it is, like, going to carry over to – you know, the Big East tournament and whatnot, and just like kind of having that, you know, if, if, if Mac is present, does it make the situation present or Mm. can like, can the forgiving process be accelerated and they just focus on basketball altogether, you know, everyone in the fold, nothing, no distractions. Like, can they block it all out essentially? Mm. Cause I don't feel like, I don't know if that, I don't know if it's gone. No, I'm like, glad you brought this up, actually, because I did uh, – I wanted to talk about this just because even in some of the conversations I have with the guys, right, when you think about it, you kind of got to break it down like this. Um, that whole Mac situation happened, like, so fast for them on the road at Nova that it was, like – obviously, you're saying, like, yes, if Mac's present is the problem present because that was just so fresh in – the news breaking and the game being like all that pressure on the game. Like that game was for the Big East championship. Like, I don't think we spend enough time talking about that. That game, if there was fans at that game, we would have realized how much bigger of a deal that game actually was, I think. And if like, it, 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 there's a lot to it, but I think it was so fresh then for the players themselves. I think the situation was so difficult to handle. And I think thinking about basketball in that instance was pretty difficult for all the guys and it was actually pretty difficult for me in that day and time but I think after and I think the point that they've gotten to now and what I saw at Butler although Mac was not there I think what it became is there was a shift where I think you could see it visibly in some of the guys faces and then just even having conversations with them after it's like it went from being about that issue to then after over time and guys being able to talk to other people and all that, by the time of the Butler game, it became about them. And now it's just about them and they know that. And I think that's where I'm being an optimist, obviously about New York and I'm hyping it up like that this whole incident didn't happen, but I'm very aware that it did. I, I like, I'm very aware and I, I'm very aware of the impact that has on the guys. And that's why I just think, it's now just shifted into they've taken control of it where in that Villanova game, they didn't feel like they were in control of this situation. They didn't feel like they knew what they could say or where they could say it. And now I think as the dust has kind of settled, like they've found themselves in this uh, conflict, I guess. And that's why I think it's now just about them as a team. And that's where I'm not as worried that Matt coming back in reinstatement will um, kind of mess with the, Bob they had going on last game. That's that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about um, the way they handled the, you know, obviously the pregame with Butler and then Marcus afterwards. I hadn't really thought about that being something they needed to do because I didn't know if they wanted to do any of that. I didn't know if they wanted to talk about this right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the vibe I got in those – in the days leading up to – not only Villanova, but the Butler game was that they that they almost felt like this was uh, 
like messed up that they had to be thrust into this conversation yeah. at this point in the season because all they wanted to focus on at this point in the season was, you know, repeating as Big East champs, going mm-hmm. to New York, making a statement, going to mm-hmm. uh, Indy and making history essentially, right? So, mm-hmm. but yeah, but like, so do you, you, do you think that by speaking out and letting their voices be heard on this, on this issue, on this situation, on this incident um, was like a, a, a weight off their shoulders a little bit. And now it it's easy. Run. It's easier for them to focus on basketball now that they were able to speak their piece openly and let everybody know how they felt mm-hmm. about it and not just let it like kind of fester and let, her, let speculation go wild essentially. Absolutely. Cause think about that. Think about if you're only res- like, the only thing on your mind was basketball and then this gets thrown at you like in, in this time of the year and then this gets thrown at you, but basketball still needs to be the only thing on your mind for your team and what you want to do. But then you actually do have to talk about this. You have to deal with this And a lot of like guys. And I know if I was in the situation, I would have been upset with the fact that I have to deal with this. And also I'm trying to win a, Big East regular season title and try to make a statement in the Big East tournament, right? So it's very frustrating that it happened in the way that it did. And no, they shouldn't have, like, I, I say, it. it's tough that they were put in that situation because they felt the responsibility like they needed to get it off their chest after, right? And they had to say something after, where it's like, that wasn't at all what they thought they would have to have been doing at this point in the season. And so for them, to, I'm, I'm proud of them and the way that they've weathered it. And now, like, in the way that they've been able to uh, speak their truths. And that, like I was saying, that's just, like, kind of a deep breath for them that they were able to refocus from. Because the last thing you want to think about when you're trying to compete and play the game of basketball is this kind of thing. And so for them to just to have, I mean, time heals all, right? And so time healed them being able to just process it in itself. Like, obviously, it's more things need to happen and things need to be dealt with still, but it was just a weight off their it's, shoulders. It's almost, yes. like, easier to put it aside for a second. Just mm-hmm. getting that, getting it off your chest in the in the short term is easier to put it, mm-hmm. to let yourself focus on basketball in, 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 yeah. the, in that sense and deal with that down the road, essentially, mm-hmm. is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I mean, the way they played against Butler certainly seems like that was part of the process. Like, because you mm-hmm. obviously they had conversations internally in the lead mm-hmm. up to um, that senior day game, and then they put together that video message, which was pretty powerful. I mean, Christian and Sharif were like Dens, Damian, like every that whole that whole segment connected together blew me away. Um, and then Marcus afterwards, I thought he spoke from the heart too. And it's stupid too, because people, I just don't get people, honestly. Like, they have those pre recorded messages before the games that are what I believe to be their own words written on, you know, Correct. like either a cue card or a prompter of some kind. And they're reciting it. So it's they're reading it essentially, but they're reading their own words, I think. And it doesn't sound genuine because they're reading something. So, you know, people criticize that as not being genuine. But then Marcus comes up to the podium and speaks from the heart. And because he's speaking from the heart, he has pauses and ums and a whole lot of like actual real time thought going through his mind that you can see it 
processing before it comes out of his mouth. And you're like, you know, why is he like, what's with all the ums and like what the pauses? Like, couldn't they, I mean, Creighton should have like polished that up a little bit. And like, so it's like, he's they're almost like damned if they do and damned if they don't. Like Marcus spoke from the heart and got criticized for not being fluid. Yet when they do read their own prepared remarks, they sound like they're not being genuine because they're reading. So it's like, what you can, almost can't win in that situation. And I thought, I thought that whole, that whole thing they put together for senior day before and after from the minute Christian pops on the video board to Marcus in the post game before we started asking questions. I thought all that was heartfelt. I thought all that was as true as, as true of a look as we're going to get in turn into how they feel about this as there will be essentially. So when you look no, at the way they put, when you look at the way they played in between all that, it feels like they, that almost, that almost helped get that weight off their shoulders because they could just address it hoop and like tell everyone, all right, it's basketball time essentially for us. Like we have, a, we have goals that we want to accomplish still. And I, we, we need to we need to focus essentially it was almost like it's nice that they could it was like they came back from nova and it's it, it, it's difficult right because like they weren't able to give any statement and the players voices weren't able to be heard before the nova game right so it was almost like because that's hard if you're playing a game and you weren't able to voice how you felt about an issue and you feel people are just watching you to play basketball then yeah that's that's a weird position to be in for sure so it almost was like after the nova game they could tell the world almost every player on the team could use their platform to tell the world like hey look this, this is wasn't okay like in no way was i that i was i okay with this in no way um am i gonna let something like this happen on my watch but i got a hoop right now I, and like, I'm going to tell you that I'm in, like, I care about diversity and I am like, they spoke their truths, whatever it may be, but they, at the end of the day, they got a hoop right now and they got a hoop for themselves. And so it was almost like a way for them just to communicate, look, this is where we stand, but it's basketball time for real still. So no, we care. And we're working on these issues of racism, whether it's in our team, in the university in the world, right? Like, no, we're working on them, but we got a hoop right now because this is what we are here to do together as a team. So and that's not on them. And that's not, and it's not on them. It's not on them either. Like, Mm -mm. Mm -mm. you know what I mean? They're not the, they're not the ones who stepped over the line. Mm -hmm. It's just because of the, the position that they're in. Everybody kind of wanted to know how they, how it affected them. And I think from the standpoint of, you know, dealing with it internally probably didn't, it probably hurt more than it helped because they weren't able to express, you know, uh, how it did actually affect them, like one to another, like, you know, it just, a team-wide message doesn't really, like when Wrench came out with his statement, I don't think Wrench was being disingenuous with that, but I also think that there's still some, um, you know, there's still something that needs to be like, it, it's just different. It just hits different when it comes from a, a player. Cause if it's, if it's the players who were the target of that, uh, of that, uh, you know, phrase and terminology, like they're the ones who should be allowed to respond to it. 
in real time and to everyone. If we're going to, you know, because you can't, you can't control a message like that. You need to have an open discourse. Like you can't, don't, 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 don't polish that up. Yeah. Don't pee. Don't, don't play the PR game with that. You got to let agree. them, you got to let the players have a voice and let them, let them be heard them because too. it was, it affected also, them. Yeah. It was directed at them. And they're the ones who are going to be judged on performance now. Like that's the way it goes. Mm -hmm. So if their performance is going to be affected by this, you should know how they feel about it in the first place. Otherwise you're just speculating. So I think exactly. that was good for them. And I do think basketball is sort of a therapy for them in this situation. Um, yeah. But it is also, like you said, they have goals that they have invested a lot of time and mm -hmm. effort and energy into. They've put a lot mm -hmm. on their bodies to get through this season um, to accomplish these things. And I don't think they want to have it derailed by something like that. They didn't have any control over, like they weren't the ones who said it. They didn't, they didn't create this hysteria. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't create this outcry. Um, so in some, I mean, they're the victims in this situation in a sense, like mm -hmm. they have to, they have to, like, I think it's important that they speak um, that they're heard. But I also think at some point, <sighs> as irresponsible as it may be to the, to the bigger picture, I can't help but feel that we owe them the opportunity to play this out before we get back into it. Like, I don't want to stick to sports. You know, I hate that crap. Right. Yeah. Yep. But I can't help but feel like if, if, if we harp on this to the player side of it, if we constantly ask them about this situation and it never goes away, essentially, I don't know if, if we're doing what they want in that. And I don't know if we're acting in their best interests because if basketball is what matters to them right now, mm -hmm. do we owe them the opportunity to let that happen? Let that, let it just be about basketball for the next few weeks before we, before we dive back into this thing. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. That's kind of why I, that's kind of why I was wondering if what that suspension would do. Like, yeah. Once you remove, once you remove Mac from the equation, bringing him back into it, you better make sure that everything's been, yeah, everything's yeah. been, all those boxes have been checked along the way. Yeah. Cause yeah. if you bring him back it's, into yeah, it, I get and not everyone, saying. you know what I'm saying? Like it's hard to focus on basketball. Just make sure everybody's on the same page. Yes. Cause if you're, if, you, if you're like, all right, we're sure. going to focus on ball now. You, if you bring Mac back, it's harder to do that. You have to understand like mm -hmm. the outside world mm -hmm. is not going to let you focus on ball. Yep. So you have to yep. be ready to um, deal with that distraction and still focus. Mm -hmm. If that's what you mm -hmm. want to do, if you still want to mm -hmm. play and you still want to like chase your goals, like you, you, everybody has to be on the same page with Matt coming back for this, for the Big East tournament and Switch tournament. Otherwise, because you, you can't, you can't suspend them again. You cannot resuspend somebody for the action you already unsuspended them for. You know what I'm saying? And I think it goes beyond that. Them. I don't even think the suspension is what is important. I just think it's if there is any tension within whoever it is within the program, right? With anything Mac has done, that I hope all the players have said everything they've needed to say to him. I personally have said everything I felt I've wanted to say to Mac. Mm -hmm. I've had conversations with him on the phone, texted him throughout this past week and whatever it's been since it feels like a year, but this week that everything's gone down. It does feel like a year. And I'm right? just like, yeah. and I'm just like, you know what? Make sure you clear the air and make sure everybody in the program is saying how they really feel about this issue mm -hmm. before they find themselves in the NCAA tournament and somebody feels some type of way still. And then a game come down to something 
and it gets heated not right in yeah. the locker room. Right. Yep. Something's not right in the locker. I don't want to hear that. So let's make sure. I, I I think that's the only bad that can come from what you're saying in this reinsertion mm-hmm. is that. And I just hope and I'm believing in my people, you know, at Creighton that they are handling this in a way that the air has been cleared. What has what everyone's who and I'm not saying that what everyone else has needed to say has been said. And now it's actually that's why. And, and, and I hope that's the reasoning behind why he was reinstated, because it was everybody else got what they needed to get out and said what they how they felt about the situation. Mm-hmm. And then it was a result of that, not a result of some university policy and whatever they released in their statement that I just don't believe. Mm-hmm. That's not what I hope this was based on. I hope it was based on the players because this is about the players and mm-hmm. it's about how they feel. And if they feel like this is what, and, and that's what I wanted. That's all I really wanted to see after this. All I wanted to see, you could have made it simple. Players want Mac back. Like, cool. If they wanted it and they had a conversation with him and wanted him back, yeah. good. Not up to the university to me. It's mm-hmm. not up to, like, I, that's that's where I'm just like. But it mattered more hearing it from Marcus, right? Like hearing Marcus. Yeah. Said, yeah, because that's just the player. That's not just Marcus. saying like, had, we, we voted and the players went back. I like, go hearing on, Marcus talk about it was no was impactful. And I want to go on record and say this though. I talked to Marcus on the phone the night before, and for anybody trying to come at him about him, like how he articulated his message after that game, how about you put yourself in his shoes? Like that's a tough position to be in, first mm-hmm. of all, and that's a really hard thing to get out. And we're not all he's fo- he's focusing on basketball and he has school right now. He, I'm sorry. He's not focused on being a public speaker. Yeah. He's 22 like, years old. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. And so I had the, but what I did want to say on record is I had the conversation with him the night before, man. Like I, I had talked to him and he was like, I knew he was struggling. And this is why like we, we had chatted about it and texted, but I knew and we talked and he, what he was saying is he was just like, you know what, man, like, this is just, he's like, it's tough. He goes, cause like he even said in his statement, yes, there are the racial issues and all that, right? But this is just like somebody who's been at all these practices for his whole career. And like, as a point guard, someone who he bounces his ideas off of, of what he's seeing on the floor and stuff like that. And so he was like, I'm just not gonna have that tomorrow. You know, like, and, that, and that's when I started to just, when it just became about basketball, just basketball speaking here, right? I'm like, oh, I feel for you, man. Like, you know, and he has to go out and just play basketball. Which he'll be judged right? on, right? Because he, uh, which he'll be judged on. He'll be judged on his individual performance in the best on the basketball court, right? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I was like, you know, I I feel for this dude, and I'm just like, for people to like say that one, just know he said the exact same thing to me the night before. So it was not no, he wrote it in his notes the night before. It wasn't something he thought about. No, it was just. He said it to me, so I know that's how he felt. And so he came out and said it the day of, right? Mm-hmm. And I just think <laughs> for him, it was just like a buildup of a lot of things. And so that was the most, that that was what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear from him like that. And I wanted to, I kind of wanted to hear from every player like that, yeah. right? Yeah. Because that's really what it was. So I think now that those, like a lot of the guys have been able to get that, like Marcus did out, out there in the universe, just for people to know that that's his that's how he's interpreting how this whole situation has gone down mm-hmm. and i wish just more guys could have gone on record and said how they felt about yeah. how everything is going on right now i, I really wish that could have been i mean i mean can it couldn't have been worse Why than what they we read? yeah like the worst part Everybody about it was what, what we heard right the worst part about it was mm-hmm. what max said mm-hmm. what are you afraid of hearing from the rest of them for 
Yeah, put my guys on the podium, man. I, I really, right. just, I, I, that, I did have a problem with that. Yeah, like, that I was that was understand. the that was the messed up situation. Was like Max said the worst of it. Let us hear from mm-hmm. the rest of them. The, what are yeah. they gonna? What, what are they gonna mm-hmm. say that you're worried about being out there? Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. what's gonna happen? The truth. I mean, I let's just let, let them just like get it off their chest. Let them speak about it. You know what I'm saying? And then you can. That's how. Then you start the process of forgiveness and moving on. So if you want to focus on basketball and you want to accomplish like you feel like this is a, a once in a like you feel like this is a special group of capable of doing mm-hmm. things that have never been done before at the program mm-hmm. you know let them have their say and then they can focus on the task at hand but it's hard for them to suppress the true emotions when they feel like it's still bottled up inside of them and focus Absolutely. on like you know what hand they need to take away like uh, where butler's going on you know when they set this screen action or like what happens when, you know, uh, Harris and Tater on this side of the floor and Golden's over here, like all that stuff, like how much you can't put all that in their mind on top of school and expect them to be locked in and, and error free for the most part out there. Like if you want them to be play free and easy on the court, you got to let them release everything else that's inside of them essentially. And unfortunately, um, you know, their, their coach stepped in it and it has to be addressed, mm-hmm. but the worst of it came from him. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not, you're not going to, what do you, there's nothing, there's nothing they can do to your image as a university that wasn't done worse by mm-hmm. the, the, the head coach essentially in that regard. So let them speak. That was what was the troubling part of that whole first, what, two, three, four days or whatever, before mm-hmm. they finally put everything together and let it be known how they, how they felt. That's all that anybody wanted was just like, how do the players feel about this? If you had done that from the jump, you know, you could have, you could have maybe, I mean, I don't know what the Villanova game it, looks like, but if it matters to you, you could have done that from the jump and maybe they would have played like they weren't thinking about the, maybe they would have played like the weight of the world wasn't on their shoulders that night. You know what I'm saying? Cause it felt like it was when they played. Mm-hmm. The last thing I'll say on this before I change gears, cause I did, want, I have a question I want to ask, but uh, I just hope this is not the thing. And I've talked to, I, like I've said, I've talked to my guys and, the guys I talked to on the team from the ones I've spoken to, they've all said they've gotten everything they've wanted to say to Mac out because in talking to some other former teammates, they've encouraged me to tell just some of the guys on the team now to make sure they tell Mac everything they're feeling like in everything and all the ways, just because they're like, like I just alluded to before, like you don't want this to, there's there still be conflict going in if you're actually going to try to play in this Big East tournament and then NCAA tournament like don't don't let there still be conflict right but what I'll be pissed off at is if these guys are like in a couple years or so when they graduate and they were like yeah no I was just saying all that because we had to focus on ball but I was really still pissed like I really just don't I hope that's not the narrative I hope everyone's being truthful in the fact that they have gotten everything out but looking ahead just change gears Unless you got anything else, I don't, I don't want to cut you off. No, I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm bouncing. We're bouncing off each other. So if you want to change gears, let's do no, it. No, we'll, yeah. we'll play a game. We'll play a game of changing gears real quick. Because I did have a question, and I thought about this earlier. Just looking at the Big East tournament, right? Mm-hmm. So I obviously only had four years Big East tournament, and I have some of the best memories. Just whether it's you know Marcus Foster's shot or all that from you know, an ear infection or something. What's going on? No, these don't stay in my ear, bro. Oh, okay, gotcha. These do like the AirPod Pros, great microphone, great audio. They do have like, great since it's yeah, they do since have great it's audio. not the uh since it's not like 
the one that, I don't know. This one's probably okay. Just I was I was just making sure you were okay, like physically. Uh, yeah, I mean physically. <laughs> Other than uh, my bad, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, I was just like, he is touching his ears, like every every like word that comes out of his mouth, he goes to a different ear. So, yep, my bad. Yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead. But Sorry. no, so what do you have? So like, I have some great Big East tournament memories just from playing in the championship against like a Josh. Like I literally guarded Josh Hart, who's in the NBA now, in the championship game of the Big East. Right, like awesome memory for me. Marcus Foster hit the big shot to get us there. I mean, that was just the one crazy year. But then, I mean, it's really fun just because I've had all the memories of when the Creighton fans traveled and all that. I wanted to ask you, because I've actually just never asked you this question even off air. What are your, because you've been, you know, covering the Jays just longer than I was even playing there. So what are your favorite Big East memories? What do you remember the most about, I guess, Big East? Chain, or I won't, I'll open it up. Not, I don't want it to just be Big East. I want like, conference cha- like tournaments what are your what's your give me your top that's good, three that's a good um <laughs> that's a good question like i'm gonna out myself here and i never got to go to st louis like i just didn't have did. yeah whenever i was as i as i was an adult i didn't have the means to get down there and like room and board and all that and mm-hmm. then when i was a kid you know my dad just never took me so um so i the, my conference tournament experience is strictly new york which I don't hate. <laughs> yeah, That's I, I hate feel that like either. I'm in my I feel like I'm in my element in New York City. I don't know why. Like I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, like my dad's from uh Dobbs Ferry, which is like a suburb of New York City essentially. And uh my mom's from, you know, Rockford, which is like kind of in the Chicago area. So I'm j- I feel like I'm a city kid essentially, even though I'm from La Vista, Nebraska and like a town of less than 8-7,000 people. Um so whenever I go to New York City, I just feel like this is me. You know what I'm saying? You know me. I'm like, I always like speak first, ask questions later. Like you, yep. you give me yep. shit about it, but it's like, it's funny. No, I mean, like, I mean you, 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 talk, you talk like a New Yorker. You're at least a fast talker. You don't see, talk like you're from Don't I? Well, that's because, yeah. Because yeah, like I'm grow, I grow up in my family get togethers like out there are just like the loudest person is the one everyone's listening yeah, to. Yeah, that is the one everyone lit because you have <laughs> yeah. to. It's, yeah. it's just this is what we, we do don't, out here. We don't wait till we're done. We speak over each other to get the point mm-hmm. across. Like, that's mm-hmm. how it goes. Yeah, so no, my family they, they can hear me on this podcast. Yeah. The amount of times that I've cut you off on this podcast, they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, he's from the Northeast. That's how it goes. Like, that's just how I was – that's how I was raised. Like, you, you, if you want your voice to be heard, you have to, like, be the loudest one in the room. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's actually her, it's actually it's horrific on, I, mean, I don't know if you go through these conversations like on the phone but i'll be like talking to my uncles and stuff like on three-way for birthdays or holidays or something and it is just the loudest most obnoxious conversation mm-hmm. i mean and if you're not in the conversation and you're just in the room with the person having the conversation on the phone you're just like good god what are you yelling for man and you're just like oh, oh you they're yelling too to- oh what used to get me though was <laughs> i have aunts and uncles that i would call on the phone and not only was their volume already loud when you're talking to them, but they're also not just having a conversation with you because they have a house full of people. Uh-huh. And so you then feel like you're in the house. Yeah. And you're like, yo, what do I? I was like, I'm on the like, I'll be like, auntie, I'm, like, I'm on the phone with you. What do I have to do to get your attention? Like, stop yelling at everybody in your like, oh, it was just <laughs> there's like 10 people yeah. in the house, and you're like, it's it's so like you're, it's you're like on 11 the phone on like, one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Call your aunt, but you're really on the phone with 10 people. Yeah, like seriously. it's yeah. <laughs> That's so damn true. God, that's true. Uh, yeah. So, like I said, long story around that, but like New York is like where I feel home essentially. Like when I go there, mm-hmm. 
you know, you come out of, uh, you know, you come out of the airport, grab a cab, and then you just like, you start driving uh, towards the city and you're just like, God, I can already feel it. I can already feel it. The coming. energy. The energy. Yeah, I can already See? feel the energy, dude. And then I, I always stay in Hotel Pen, which is right across the street from MSG. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's kind of like in that Times Square area. And uh, so I get out of the cab. And the minute I open that door, it's just like, it's like, it's just like the city comes alive. And I'm just like, this is where I want to be right now. I'm loving it. Like, it is just amazing. I, I can't get enough of it. So See, my got- so my favorite experience with uh, the Big East tournament in New York City, and this yeah. is going to sound a little weird, but it's just it's all part of the same experience. So I can't remember what was your first year on the squad 16, 17? 16, 17. All right. So the year before you got to Creighton. So I don't know if you were in New York watching them, if you had, if Creighton was on oh, your radar the, yet. Oh, you talking about Huff Island? Huff Island, were you there? Huff Island? Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, right. yeah. 35 okay. of them things? Yeah. All 35, 35 of them? 35 of them. You yeah. talking about the GOAT? Yeah. So were you in go the building Huff? for that? Yeah. Okay. I was not in the building. I all right, watched so my experience. I watched all 35 buckets. All right. So my experience from that starts with dinner beforehand. So um, my guy, Alex Sindelar, you know him, right? uh he was up there too alex was having a trip that day that weekend like i was i was we i went to i wanted to go to the empire state building um so i went there he went to like the village and he was just like yeah yeah he was just partying like he he knew somebody out there and he was just like doing his thing like he called me yeah i got it at like three in the morning in new york which is you know and we're i'm just like i'm just trying to get some sleep and uh uh yeah, he's like still out. I'm like, damn, dude, we got like games start tomorrow. Like you got to get to bed. So anyway, so he like he was out partying the night before, and I went to the Empire State Building at like one, two in the morning and just got some like you know just took in the city essentially. Got some good shots and like just so consumed nice. it all. And uh, yeah. so the night before, the night of the of Huff Island, the night that he just like dropped a 35 piece. Um, mm-hmm. We went to God. I can't remember the restaurant now. It was like some little mom and pop shop, um, Italian food place, like calzones, pizzas, that type of deal. So we went there for dinner before the game. Um, hopped in a cab, and we're driving to the arena. Um, and I, I don't know why this is the experience that sticks out in my mind, but it's just like it's just New York, man. Like so, there's this dude. Um, and I, I don't know if you know Polly from Rocky, you know, mm-hmm. like the wearing the wife beater and like carrying the baseball bat and just like being a slob essentially. So, Pauly, like, dude, so, on. like, yeah, it's Polly, like, so that Pauly. dude, so essentially, like, Polly is like standing on the sidewalk. There's like two New York NYPD cops, like, you know, within like a spitting distance from the man. Um, and New York is like New York puts his just trash as garbage out on the sidewalk essentially. So like there's just mounds of trash bags everywhere. Um, I know I'm not painting a great picture, but I'm just telling you. you didn't it's, see part any of, rats? it's part of you the didn't see any rats. I didn't, didn't see, see rats? I didn't see any rats here, but I think I figured out why. So this man is just like being obnoxious as all hell. Like he's like screaming at people and just like you know, being a loud obnoxious New Yorker. And he just like we're, we're in this cab and my window's down and um we get to a, a light and we're just stopped at it. And this dude is like right out my window, like maybe five, seven feet from me. And he's just like, man, I got to piss so fucking bad. 
I was like, okay, I don't know why he's telling everybody go to the bathroom then, man. Um, and he just drops it. <laughs> he just drops his pants and like pisses on the sidewalk, like right there in front of like the New whole York, baby. NYPD New is like York, right New there. Just going, they're just like, like, you know yeah, what I mean? They, got bigger they acknowledge it. And there's like, yeah, we got like, we got fucking like murder every night here. We don't want to do yeah. that. Like, yeah. Uh, so that's the, that's so I just remember that dude just like, He's just peeing all over the sidewalk. Like, oh, uh, it's like six o'clock. Like in Nebraska, that needs to be like two thirty in the morning type of behavior. This dude's like doing it in rush hour traffic. You know, it's like, okay, welcome to New York, baby. Welcome to New York, New baby. York, New York, yeah. And then we roll out to uh, the arena, and like Huff just goes off, like hit, you know, off all of his kill spots, like money, jab step, money, jab step, yeah, jab step, bucket, hitting that baseline J like it's his job. Like, oh my god drops a 35 piece like it's a good ass game like they created another chance to win it but didn't but like yeah so huff's the night cole huff dropped 35 starting with the you know the italian restaurant and then the man like Polly pissing on the street in front of the cops that didn't even care and everybody everybody's just walking by too like this is new york baby this is life like it's it is what it is and then like huff just going bananas like that's my that's the one experience I always go to immediately when people ask me about New York. I'm like, what's New York like? I'm like, well, it's hard, it's hard to describe. Yeah. But I love it at the same no. time. New York's a great place. New York's a great place. I'm, I can't imagine what it's going to be like without like fans and all that this year. It felt like such a bummer last year too. I mean, I was just from my, I guess, just the half that we played with no fans in Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous arena. It was very eerie. Very eerie. It was. It's just like, and we were at the point last year, right, where now we've had a whole year to, like, pump in fan noise and play music in the back during games like they do in the NBA and stuff. Yeah, there was none of that. Mm-mm. It was, like, noon on a Friday, and they were, like, it was just, yeah. it, it sounded like a scrimmage at, like, a preseason scrimmage. Like, right, right. In, in in practice jerseys close family and friends that was it it was just like them just cheering their hearts up but it didn't feel like msg that's what i'm i'm, I'm like i can't wait for everything to be 100 full go because with uconn back in the mix now msg is going to be a party like our first that first party. year that first year we're doing like scurrying the scrub pods every day like because it's going to be a party yeah. out there oh yeah yeah, it's gonna we're gonna have a bunch of stuff it'll be great too because they'll expand because you know how the biggies usually does like that uh Metro series where it's like Seton Hall, Georgetown, uh, St. John's, and who am I missing? Uh, probably Syracuse, right? Is that who the other one is? It was. It was Syracuse back in the day, but yeah. it was. It's just like those three that all like play at the Garden sometimes, like mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Like now having UConn back in there, yeah, woo, <laughs> it's gonna get rocking. Yeah. Like the, I'm excited. I I'm just I keep thinking about I keep thinking about I want those Kemba games to come back because yep. it felt like well, Rucker Park. It felt like it felt like a Rucker Park uh they will be back. A Rucker Park game with like, you know, 15, 20,000 people. It's just like, dude, I just want one of those. Where there's some dude is just a bucket out there and he can't they be stopped be and like the crowd is just going nuts. I can't wait. I can't wait. So yeah, that's my favorite. It's What's great because they will be back and now Creighton's in the league. It's great. Yeah. Cause they all, I think, I think every school has like a crazy fan base except for DePaul, right? Everybody's got fans, don't they? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe George. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't oh, know yeah. how. I don't know what Hoya following is like. Every time Georgetown 
plays every time I've, every yeah. time I've seen Georgetown yeah. in that arena. Georgetown has like they play St. John's, so like St. John's fans always outnumber them like crazy. Like, so I don't yeah, know how George, I don't have I don't have a feel for Georgetown's like following whatever reason. Yeah, I don't know. Georgetown has more. I just feel like in general they're like the one Big East team that just has more fans of what they used to be than they what they are now. <laughs> like weirdly enough, but. Yeah. yeah, what's your what's your favorite biggest experience? What's your like? What's the one that stands out to you? I told like a crazy long story. I'm sorry about that, but like, yeah, that's just mm. the first one that comes to mind. Because you guys get to go out of that. For, you guys get to go out that first day, don't you? You check in and then you get to no. go do stuff. You don't get to go out on the town. I mean, at all? Yeah, we. Oh, actually, no. I, have I thought you guys. Yeah, 16, 17. I have a great one. Okay. Um, I have a. It's actually a. It's it's a know yourself moment. All right, I'll throw that one in there. So, obviously, my freshman class, we know who my freshman, you know, my, my boys were. Kobe That's Perez, uh, Kobe Perez, Davion Mintz, yeah. Davion Mintz, yep. you know, my guys. I New York was great, except they made me feel poor, and here's why. Because <laughs> when we go, we have that first day, right? And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, we'll go you know, Foot Locker, shopping, maybe I get a pair of Jordans, like, cool, like, like sweatsuit, something like that for the tournament, like, all, all cool, chill. So we go, and, you know, New York has a bunch of different spots, and I'm from out here, so I know we're all, like, the uh, places to get, like, exclusive kicks and all that are, like, which streets, all that. So I'm, like, taking them around, doing all this, and I'm thinking, like, one of them will want to buy, like, some Jordans, too, and then I can finally, like, get something from somewhere, but they're like, nah, can we go like somewhere else? Is there like a mall? Is there like anywhere with a bunch of shopping stores in it? Whatever. And I'm like, yeah, there's like a, I mean, you have you seen it? Like, you know, like the department store, like it's like a Macy's and then all that right next to it. Yeah, cool. So I'm thinking I'm about to buy just, you know, a pair of Jordans or whatever. And then Kobe's like, hey, bro, you want to, let's go to Gucci. I'm like, bro, I'm in like a crate and sweatsuit. Like what, why do they, like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> He was like, no, 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 I, I want to get some stuff. So Davion's like, oh, yeah, I want to get some stuff, too. And I'm like, I don't know if this is just a thing we do where we act like we got Gucci money or maybe they, maybe you do. This is, this is again, freshman year, so I'm, I'm figuring things out in life. And uh, they're like, yeah, like, let's go. Come on, like, whatever. And I'm like, all right. And so I go with my, like, couple hundred dollars I was thinking of spending. And then the both of them just decide, well, actually, Kobe buys two pairs of Gucci flip-flops. Davion buys one pair of Gucci flip-flops and a Gucci wallet, and I bought nothing. And so that was, I think that was the best know-yourself moment I had in my life. You just got to know your lane, man. You, you couldn't let it, you couldn't let, you couldn't let it go. You're like, if I, if I do this, I'm broke, right? And I was like, you mean, let what? I didn't have it. Let what go? Oh, yeah. I was a freshman. <laughs> let what go? They, well, they were they too, were though. They were too. Like, that's but, what they were, like, yeah. but I wasn't on scholarship yet. Oh, that's true. That's I wasn't right. on scholarship that's yet. Right. <laughs> so I was like, um, this, these are cool. Davion, like when you're not using yours, can I can I, can I wear them? Like, can I? Can, is it okay? Like, cause mm -hmm. you know, we we were roommates. We were roommates. I was like, it's a cool yeah. if I like sometimes like whatever <clears> trying <throat> to make a joke about it. But yeah, that was I guess that was my funniest New York story moment. That one, and then the other one was in the first two years, 
because you talk about it like you you're like me like you love the energy in new york right mm-hmm. you love being around yeah. the energy the rustle and bustle hearing cars beep until three in the morning and fus and down the streets at three in the morning is like entertaining and it's funny and then like guys yeah. like us can appreciate it so he got thrown into but a my road roommate yeah but my road roommate was toby hegner oh no <laughs> who literally hates new york city yep hates it second we get off the plane bro it smells like trash bro it's sm- I'm like, we're at the airport. Where you relax? Like, calm down. Like, we just got off the plane. It's the trash from outside the plane. Relax. <laughs> and, so, and so he's like, bro, I can't, I can't even do it. And he would literally stay up. He would have to, like, smush the pillows on his ears. Overdramatic. But he would have to smush it to fall asleep. Like, bro, I'm not even going to play well tomorrow if I don't sleep. I was like, I could knock you out, bro. Like, do you really want me to just – I could help you because yeah. it's really not that bad. It's really not that bad. <laughs> Like, bro, the door, the windows don't even like keep out the noise. And I'm like, nope. where do they do that anywhere else? Like, I know. Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> the only hotel you stay in hotels that like don't aren't in New York City. That's yeah. how they that's how the hotels stay out of there. I'm like, the what do you mean? The, the, you, you talking about the, the the Hilton in Milwaukee? Like, yeah, you know, right. Yeah, of course not. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> there ain't any noise like New York noise. That's yeah. why they keep it out. Like those, so all those all the windows in Milwaukee would break if they've had a New York City moment like, yeah. to deal with like they would just shatter on impact like yeah yeah I love it though man so those those gotta be my two highlights man God, Toby hilarious. complaining all throughout the night and then you know me just not having any any bread my freshman year to buy anything at Gucci I love it dude it's, you're so right about the, the energy though like the minute you get there you're just like you can feel it this is where I, you this is where i belong but it definitely mm-hmm. isn't for everybody for sure like i could totally see and no, I, some, I, I can see you now like you you're like eddie murphy and coming to america you're like i'm home yeah i'm here i am here <laughs> here we go dude i was i can't i don't know i don't this this story has no context whatsoever but last year uh kind of stories I think I put it on Twitter though, so I don't care about repeating it. Like earmuffs, everybody, for the kids that are listening. Um, if you're still with us after the guy peed on the sidewalk. Uh, so last or, year, or, or recently, <laughs> recently, <laughs> oh, everybody turned this off after recently. I'm gonna have to speaking speaking freely. Yeah, I'm gonna have to like write that down so we don't forget it. Recently, um, <laughs> so yeah, last year. So uh, what was it? I think it was the day you guys were about to play. Or maybe it was the day before. I can't remember. Where were where in New York? It was a blur last year. Yeah, last year. So we were coming. We, we were all like, uh, the media was all like standing outside the arena waiting to be let in or whatever. Um, so I think it was the day you guys played. So I, I they, they were supposed to get let in at like, I can't remember what time. Um, no, that was the day before. So it was the day before. We we're going to get let in at three. All right. So it's the afternoon. They're going to let us in at three um to get our credentials and like assignments and all that and let us get settled in before the play-in game start essentially and we're all kind of like standing outside like i mean honestly we're it was like more of us kept showing up and they still weren't unlocking the doors or whatever mm-hmm. so i was like well whatever man i got time to kill i'm gonna walk around go find a pizza shop get a slice and come back it's so such a good one right next to there too. I know, right across the street, like Caddy Corner, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't remember what it's called. I never forget what these places are called. I only know them by their like the colors that they emanate in the nighttime. Like it's like it's like green, that, red. I'm just isn't, like, isn't that just beautiful? In I know. I don't identify. What, there's like I can't remember what anything's called, but the energy it gives off when you like walk by it at night, you're just like, yeah, I'm coming back there later. 
Like, so yeah, See, I went to this. I, love, to I love Midwesterners that appreciate New York. God, I more of you. I know. <laughs> so I hit up this place, like right across the street, like diagonal from the arena or whatever. Um, I walk in and it's like, you walk in and it just looks like a New York pizza shop. Like there's like, they, they have pre-made pizzas all over the place. They're already made. They're not mm-hmm. like in the Midwest. Everybody has like the cook to order stuff. Like, no, New York's yeah, got this yeah, stuff yeah. like sitting out there for you. So you can see what it looks like when it's done. And they just cut it up for yep. you and give it to you. All that. Um, so, yeah, like we're all you're just walking in a line or whatever. And uh, what was it? Oh, this place was bomb, too, because um, the like the manager pays them really well. So they don't take tips or whatever. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. So but I was I was like because I'm just used to tipping or everything. And I like appreciated the like the, you know. Mm-hmm the business model i'm just like yeah well, i'm gonna tip your ass anyway because like this is a good piece of pizza and like mm-hmm. everybody seems happy and like in a good spot so you know just take yeah. that like he was yeah. like i had to argue with him about taking the money like it was one of their workers or whatever i'm like no you've been super cool you've been super nice like you know it's you know I just, i'm travel oh, a lot and everything i'm trying to like settle in like came i know out in New York. Yeah, for real they're like no no and i'm like no you're taking it here you go so i just like threw him an extra 20 or whatever and uh, so, yeah, I got my pizza and I'm walking and like, honestly, already I felt like a New Yorker then because you're folding it up and you're walking on the street and like no one cares that you're like eating in front of them and stuff. Like in the Midwest, you like got to like sit down, you know, yeah. like stay away from everyone. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like you can't into be, it. Yeah. You can't be like eating in front of people. Mm-hmm. That's like super rude. So in New York, you just eat on the go. It's like no one's still, oh, yeah. no one bats an eye at that. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm sitting there at the crosswalk and waiting to cross. And like, I got the you know, like the tissue paper or whatever, like uh, wax paper underneath it yep. to keep from the grease yep. from getting under your hands and stuff. So I'm eating that and I'm about to cross back over to MSG. And there's this, <laughs> there's that, there's that like uh gyro truck, you know, like yep. right across the street or right, right um, on the sidewalk outside the building, outside the arena. And there's, I don't know what happened, but this woman like got into an argument with this dude over something. They probably know each other. Mm-hmm. And God dang it, what did she say? <laughs> so she comes out and she starts going in the crosswalk. Like they've been, they were like, they, they had it out essentially in front of everybody. And she wanted to get one last like word in. So she like stops in the middle of the crosswalk in the middle of New York traffic. This woman stopped, turned around and said, like, I got a big black pussy for you to suck, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. And I was, and I was walking right by her. Oh, I remember, it, I yeah, was you like, told me about this one. I was like, God, that's fuck. That, that is just, like, the most beautiful thing about this city is, like, no one cares about no. when they got something to say, they're going to say it. And, like, everybody yep. else has to accept that that's just, like, what they're going to say at that moment. There are no innocent it's, bystanders in New York. See, I've had I just love that. Before. I'm just like, this is I've the perfect way to kick off the before. tournament. Because I've said the thing about New York is people say the wildest shit because they know they probably like in a city with that many people, they know they're not going to see you again. Or even if you do, you're not going to remember it was that person. So you say crazy stuff like whatever in the street because you're like, yeah, I'm not going to see that person ever again or whatever. Nebraska. It's like you can't say that because that might be someone's like. Uh-huh. The, like someone you know, like that might be the owner of like Dinkers. Like six like, you degrees. Don't know who you're saying in Nebraska, yeah. it's not six degrees of separation. It's like two or three. Like you're, yeah, yeah you're talking yeah. to like a best friend's relative. You say that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, hundred yeah. exactly. percent. I love it. It's it's so true. Yeah. It's so, so she true. just dropped. She just stopped in the middle of traffic and dropped that line. 
And I was just like, oh my God, that woman's just beautiful right there. Like <laughs> that is just, that's like, she just, she just like embodies the city. And I'm like, I love this. That's the stuff people are going to look at me like I'm crazy. Like, that's the stuff I appreciate no. about New York City. I love the honking. Yeah. Just everybody speaking. See, everybody's saying, it with, everybody's saying it with their chest. Like that is like what I love about New York City. Mm-hmm. Like the basketball the is fun, we, but like it's, it'd be, it'd be the same. It's actually, it's the same conversation we had before where it's like, yeah, I love the dudes like just in being in journalism, right? It's like, you love the dudes who just go into press conferences and just speak their mind instead yeah. of trying to be all buttoned up and uh-huh. like say the correct answers and all mm-hmm. that. It's like, yeah, you love New Yorkers because they're not worried about saying the right thing in small talk or just talking about the weather. Like mm-hmm. they're New Yorkers are going to just tell you how it is. Like yeah. whatever it is, Always. they're going to tell it to you. Always. I don't know what it is, but they're going to tell it to you. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know what it is, just go to New York. You'll find out. Yeah. You'll find out what it is. It is. You ever want to like, love it. You ever want somebody to like really tell you what you're all about? Just go yeah. to New York. They'll, New York, always, you know. New Yorkers, like true New Yorkers, the city, like the ones who are in the city every single day, they always have time. They always oh, yeah. got, they always got time oh, to tell yeah. you. Like oh, they, yeah. they're, they're like, they're moving too. They got places to go. That's the thing about the pace of New York too. Like the, mm-hmm. the pace of conversation because mm-hmm. they have places to go. They have to speak their mind quickly and firmly. Yeah. So, you know, where there they is stand. no, you can't there is no like working around. Yeah. There is no workaround. Like they just tell you how yeah. they feel and they move on to the next task. Like yep. I love it. Yeah. So yeah, yep. they had a whole big like, you know, blow up in front of everybody, and then she had to get one last phrase in. So she stopped in the middle of traffic and said it to him. And I was just like, God damn, that's mm-hmm. beautiful. Just like that woman is just so. Just the that's guy. the most honest person I've ever met, and I don't even know her. Cause she just, she stopped in the middle of New York traffic. She could have got herself killed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She could have she got run over by like six or seven cars in that time that she turned they around. But she had one last thing to get off her chest before her day, where she yeah. moved on with the rest of her day. And she shouted it for everybody to hear too. And no one moved. Yeah. No one was like, damn. No one stopped and was like, believe. oh, what's going on? Or like, yeah, it was just like, she said it. And everybody's like, okay. I just love that. I I'm love just happy. That. I think the one thing I'm happy you haven't seen yet though is the New York rat. Because those are the, that, yeah, that's when I, 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 some, I, some, yeah, they're the size of small cats. So, <laughs> no, they are, they are. I've had, to, I've had to have this conversation with some people because the one thing that I can't back New York about is the rats because it's actually ridiculous. And they're like, they're, they're like genetically mutated, just ridiculously steroided out rats. Like they are, it's just a fact. They're like if you had vicious, to, if, if you got, scared. if you got like, if you found yourself like, oh no, if I, if you had to fight like three of them, would you feel like worried about your chances? No, like, no, no. I, I would actually think like I, I might die after. And if what? I don't, I, I could, I, I could. And even if I did take them all out, like in, in, and made it out alive, there's no way one of them doesn't scratch or bite me, and I die from a fatal disease. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way. Like, yeah. I'm losing that battle nine out of ten times. Like, of ten. Whether I, whether I defeat all little master splinters or not, master I'm still splinter. dying. Like, I was like, thinking that same thing too. Like, oh God, he like, dropped a lot. Whether, whether, whether I do it or not, like I'm, I'm, it's going downhill quick. It is. It's just, oh it's God. not, it's not. I, Cause like I have friends, I have friends from like California who, who would be like, yo, like what's up with like the New York rat? Like, like they, they would be like, yo, I saw a New York rat. Like I'm never going back. And I'd be like, you know what? I can't argue that. Yeah, like, like they, there's the there's one thing too. I can yeah there's one thing I can't be like like one of my friends who lives in New York like still to this day like even if he sees a mouse he freaks out like he can't see 
because it's part of the, it's part like of the he, fa- their relatives. He has PTSD. Like yeah. He yeah. has PTSD. Like, like it looks not... like a mouse right now, but like it'll be a rat tomorrow. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's exactly. like, yeah, but if you drop this in the streets in New York in like two months, it come <laughs> back and be Jack Diesel. Like, it'll know where it's what from. they like, do. Yeah, it'll find what's going on in the sewers of New York. I don't know. Oh my god, dude, I don't know. If Splinter built like a whole gym complex <laughs> down there. I don't know. Splinter's got like a what's that like a Planet Fitness like <laughs> Planet Fitness in the sewers of New York for rats. But hey, you know, I just love the way this <laughs> podcast has gone today. I love how we, you know, started with me losing gas and now we're on the rats. So hey, I feel like we had like a full experience though, and I think everybody who listens like will get the same thing. So. It's all good. So hey, hit us up with your New York experiences. Like if you fought, have you fought Master Splinter? Yeah. Have you fought the Splinter? I think the big like, if 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 anybody's had any uh, New York rat experiences, I'd love to hear them. And also, yeah. I just, I mean, kind of going back to the beginning. But if I need to know gas stations, like what are That's anybody right. who's listening to this? What is your preferred gas station? And what do you get there? Is it just gas, or are you getting? Do you have a meal you get there? Do you have a drink you get there? I want to know gas station orders because I'm clearly bad at it and bad at gas stations. Give Jordan Jordan some incentive to go to gas stations more often so he doesn't run into gas in his car. Please. This is the third time in my life I've ran out of gas. I'll probably have three more. So encourage me. If y'all can help me with my gas station experience, maybe it will only happen once or twice more. So I love it. We'll see. All right, well, that's episode 12, everybody. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, we'll come back at you either Sunday or Monday after the Big East Tournament. Um, we'll talk about the bracket that will be revealed, and then we'll have Simon Gersberg on from Shot Quality again. And uh, yeah, for all you degenerate gamblers fun. out there, we're going to we're gonna break down the whole field, and uh, we're going to use Simon's algorithm to determine mm-hmm. winners and losers and where you should put your money, where you should lay your money on. When, I can't when wait. Going. So um, look, look forward to that. Uh, we appreciate you guys all tuning in for this. Um, hit us up with your feedback on gas station etiquette and, uh, you know, just how to fight rats and just general New York City experiences. Um, Jordan, appreciate you. Uh, Always a pleasure, my guy. For sure. Um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This has been Scurry in the Scrub. Talk to you later.